Hello everyone, uh, welcome to today's session of Markets Monday. It's 8th of November 2021. My name is Felix Ocheng and as usual on Monday, we sit down, we talk about various information, various data that is coming in through as we look on to how the financial markets are performing, how last week was and what is the possibility of, you know, um, of the markets moving in at a certain level or, or whichever direction that they have um, for, for the week. Um, today's session will technically be looking at a lot of stuff. The first one will be Equity Group Holdings has released the financial statements and for, for the third quarter. Um, very impress impressive on the top line for, for the group, but we'll also be looking at just how the other subsidiaries are performing. There's a lot that um, Equity Group CEO James Mwangi has mentioned in his address today. And also coming in from um, equity from the entire equity group and everything else that is coming in onto play. So literally that's what we'll be talking about. We'll also be looking at how the markets performed last week, how the markets will most likely be performing this week. What are the things that are causing any direction on the various stock um, stocks that are listed both locally and also globally. And we'll also be telling you why PayPal Holdings is one of the stocks to watch out for this week. Joining me for today's session is Mwakanenu Gakweli, um, host of the We Are Curious show and uh, guest in uh, Markets Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Um, so, yes, Ali, I think, you know, um, Equity Group has come in hot with, with the financials. It's, it, it's an interesting bit because we're seeing equity post an almost positive return in, in every aspect. Looking at it from the profit before tax, the after tax profit, um, the net income for the company, the total income, the loan loss provisions, the growth in the loan book. So we're looking at a positive return for the company. But also I think one thing that guys really need to look at is that the loan loss provisions were down 68%. So it's it's, it's a very interesting bit for um, for equity. We, we know that a lot of guys and a lot of investors are probably now um, jumping into equity and equity Equity is up um, about checking this on the HISA app and equity is up about 4.21% to 52 shillings. That's just for today. Yeah, that's today. So um, if it was that day trading bit, guys would have the net return. If brokers would be charging 2.1%, then, you know, it's now about you've already made your... Actually, you're, you're just breaking even at this time with equity. So unless the bank continues to... The, the, the share price will continue to rally. But to give you guys the figures, Equity Group um, is now trading at 52 shillings um, after the financial results came into place. And guess what's hitting on it early? What? Housing finance. And that is because earlier on today, there was um, an article by the Business Daily that was actually putting um, Equity Group. Actually, it, it mentioned that Equity Group has said that they, they're, they're interested in buying um, buying back their, their stake about 24% in housing finance. So I really don't know what's happening. And also one thing, guys, remember that there's neither statement from, um, there's no statement from both the two parties involved. That's HF Group and also Equity. So you're probably trading on rumors right now if you're buying um, housing finance or if you're buying Equity Group based, based on, on that finance. information. So, and that's always one of the reasons why, one of the things that we always tell you at, at every single moment, it's always about you as an individual doing your own research before you can be able to, you know, um, place these this trades. Um, so that's, that's technically one thing that I know we are looking at as investors, as individuals. And we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted as long as there's more intel on that. Because as of this time, I, I think it's more, if we should treat it as a rumor, it was on the business daily uh, today. And one of the things, let me just read what it says, guys. Because it says equity group is looking at buying back its stake. So I think it's, it's, it's more of a concern. It would be a good thing for investors, you know. I think it, technically this is going to be a plus. Ali, what do you think? Do you think it would be good for equity to rehold back its, its, its holding in, 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 um, in, in housing finance? And technically, what would that mean for the banking sector? Do you think it's a good thing? Or, or it would mean equity would monopolize um, the banking space? I don't know. I, I really don't want to comment much uh, when it comes to HF, given again, um, we do not have any definitive positions from both HF and uh, HF and equity. So I think I want to hold back my, my, my tongue a little bit. Uh, but then what, what really caught my attention when it comes to equity results, of course, is 
apart from apart from the the movement that we've seen mainly because we've seen uh, changes when it comes to loan loss provisioning compared to you know the time when covid was up uh, was the the slight jump in uh, in the bank's loan book i think we're now at uh, well the net loans of the bank rose by around 23% to um 559 billion which uh, we, and we've seen the bank required um, a lot of money when it comes to to net interest income um i think we had a rise of about close to close to 10 billion shillings which could be partly because of um you know the removal of the interest um red cap for the loans that we've seen over the past one year what do you think yeah uh, pretty much interestingly i i agree with you um, one of the main reasons guys and when we're talking about the the stake that equity is looking at on on hf it's also because earlier this year we saw um britam holdings plc um which has the majority stake in hf actually say that they're looking to sell so britam has about 58.2% on on housing finance and i know for a very long time um britam has also attributed um the the value of, of its listed listed securities you know the value of companies that it ha- that it has in listed securities and so um we've seen that decline for a very long time uh, britam bought um hf at a very high price and so uh, some of the stake really came into um various investment partners we've seen a lot in terms of growth for britam and so now they're looking at exiting a bit of um hf for investor in housing finance they know that the value of the stock has gone down for a very long time um over the past 10 years i think hf has been one of the worst performing bank stocks listed on the nairobi securities exchange and so it's just it, it it's a time technically when when you know we we're looking at this as an interesting opportunity for the bank but also a very good thing um i think this would bring in a lot if equity were to take in um what to actually buy a whole the same way kcb did with you know um the same way kcb did with national bank ali I think it would bring a lot in terms of just restructuring the company because I think HF's business model it's good because they're focusing on a very interesting aspect of the economy but because HF primarily has been they've always been looking at themselves as a mortgage lender right right and so if 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 this aspect or if this um area can actually be seen or can be how do you put it if it can be channeled to to the main business how the model has been then I think HF can actually jump back into I think to massive profitability. I really think that this is the time when HF would actually be the main bank to to actually partner with um what's the company Kenya Mortgage Refinance Company. It's always like Kenya Meat Company. It's called Kenya Meat Commission so like KMRC but then this is now Kenya Mortgage <laughs> Refinance Company. So yeah guys um so that that's technically one thing that I think would be good for HF. But in case you're wondering housing finance shares is the top leader on the Nairobi Securities Exchange right now. HF Group is up 8.64%. So guys, are reacting yeah, to the NSC had brought in that day trading and brokers were still charging their 2.1% or their 2% that they're charging, your portfolio probably be up um you'd probably have about 4%. So yeah, um interesting bit and we'll just be following that up. Um HF Group opened the day at 3 shillings and 85 cents. Um and it's now trading at um 4 shillings and 15 cents. So yes, the high for today is 4 shillings and 18 cents. That means HF has actually been up about 9% during today's trading session. The volume for the company as at this time is 128,900 shares traded with a turnover of 535,960 on the main market of the Nairobi Securities Exchange. And in case you're wondering this data is available for you on the Hisa app you can definitely be able to get it watch on to the the stock price performance how it is and also receive various notification alerts regarding the stocks that you're following with on your portfolio so literally an interesting opportunity for you as an investor but i think it would also be an opportunity for you to just see how guys would do is i i, I don't know if i would say that this is an opportunity for guys to guys are buying because of the fear of missing out i don't know how long hf can rally Remember this this is not the first time we see we we getting news about um various information about um about equity and HF group um there was a similar rumor i think about 2 years ago um mm. in 2018 mid 2018 mid 2018 that was 3 years ago right ali yeah yes. mid mid 2018 about 3 years ago um it so HF group shares also move up a bit but looks like that was a temporary jump and 
that's one thing that I would encourage you, unless we have this as an official statement from the two companies regarding their interest to do this transaction, you might want to do your own research, but always remember that as an individual at any time that you're investing, you need to know that at any investment you make, there's a risk that is attached to it. So yes, you can jump in with the risk. It's a high risk, high return rate if you're buying onto it today, but all the best. Uh, for equity group, um, stocks is still stable at about um, 52 shillings per share. That's um, 4.2% with a volume of 15,100 shares traded. I really think it's pretty much of a low volume to call the shots on for equity, Ali, because about 15,000 shares traded, that's quite low for equity. But on the order book, um, it looks like there are a lot of guys who are also looking to just um, join the bandwagon because equity's demand is about 478,500. A stable demand is at 49,80 and the supply is 155,800. So supply is really spread across. So it looks like guys are still holding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much interesting. And in case you're wondering, yes, there's always holding of shares where whenever there's a high possibility or a high opportunity, then guys would actually hold on to the stocks. I would say holding, not holding. But yes, guys would wait on to that until um, I would say the whales. Can we say whales? Okay, whales, whales is in crypto. But yes, on the market as well, we also have guys who have large sums of or large quantities of these stocks. Since it's Kenya, can we call them elephants? Yeah, elephants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Oh, I think Najib Balala would be proud of you. He would. Yeah, so magical Kenya. So yeah, technically what, we, what, we, what we're looking at in this case is it looks like equity would still continue to rally a bit. Um considering that the price um, the price is up already, but the, the, the bids still outweigh the supply on the market by um, about 280,000. So we'll be looking onto that and then we'll probably give you guys updates on how the stock will be performing in mid-trading or during the trading period. So that's one thing. We'll definitely be keeping you guys um, updated. Ali, back to you on Safaricom. What's been happening with Safaricom and Ethiopia? Um... What has been happening? That's a good question. Um, Safaricom has been on the decline, guys, and it's it, it's a major concern because Safaricom has had. Um, I know we haven't really touched about, we haven't talked on the the entire market performance, but last week Safaricom was a major um, drop um, or a major drag to the NSE um, benchmark indices. That's both on the well, share index. That also hit hit took a hit as well on the the 25 and the 20 share indices. So we saw the whole market really just have a little bit of a decline. Um, Safaricom has been on the drag because of the various concerns regarding um, regarding the, the activity in Ethiopia, Ali. And, and it's, it's coming in as, I think, as, as a huge concern because first thing here is we've seen a lot of guys and we've seen, we've seen okay, it's been online, guys. Let's just say it's been online where... We're seeing a lot of activity or a lot of action happening in Ethiopia. And also, there's also news that came in last week that the DFC um, was yet to actually give Safaricom the 500, the 500 close to 500 billion. Yeah, that... It was actually, no, it was around 54 billion. Oh, you were, yeah. Oh, it's 500 million dollars, <laughs> right? Yes, 500 million dollars. So that's about 54 billion Kenya shillings. Yes, so yeah, and they had to issue that, and that was one of the things that Safaricom was actually looking at. And in, I think I think uh, that's uh, I'm happy you brought this up because it kind of ties to what's happening in Ethiopia. Of course, we've seen um, rising what I'd like to call tensions. Mm -hmm. So um, the 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 US DFC uh, announced that uh, it's it's actually going to delay the disbursement because of uh, the uncertainty. Um, to the escalation of uh, armed conflicts in, in 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 Ethiopia, and uh, that's that's not the first hit Ethiopia is getting just in the in the in the last week. We also had uh, Ethiopia was suspended from trading via the via the Goa Act. So I think uh, globally we've seen uh, we've seen a lot of or rather we've seen the big countries being more and more cautious with regards to the investments in Ethiopia, and um, given that most. Or at least in my opinion, most investors were bullish about Safaricom's entry into Ethiopia. A little bit of a shakeup is is expected. 
um, to, to make guys either sell or shy away from the portfolio. But then again, it's a Firecom. Regardless of what happened, it still takes up, what, 50% of the market? More than. More than 50. Can, okay, guys, I know we, we've, we've said this a very, for a very long time, but Safaricom is like, it's dominant everywhere, you know. Um, I know they've, they've refused to accept that they're a monopoly, but can we say on the market they offer a lot in terms of direction because of the market cap that Safaricom has had on the entire exchange? Um, last week's trading activity alone, Safaricom had about 50.63% of the total market activity and Safaricom was down 6%. So you guys can imagine that about 6.07%. Safcom um, opened the week at 42 shillings and 80 cents and closed the week at 40 shillings and 20 cents. And that was one, one of the reasons, just one of the reasons is technically because of the Ethiopian bit. But also guys, remember as you're trading on Safaricom, please be aware that Safaricom is releasing their um, the first, uh, the, the half year results um, in on 10th. So that's on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, 7.30 yeah, a.m. At 7.30 in the morning. So before you move on to that bit, I think you might just want to, you know, um, consider. Because it might have good news, might have bad news. But then for me, from a personal opinion, I think one of the things you also have to consider is that um, for the past two years earlier, one of the things that has really, really rallied Safaricom is because of the payment of a special dividend that Safaricom has put um, over the past few years, the past two years. Um, and so that dividend aspect has been interesting, but also guys, you have to be aware that because of the capital expenditure that Safaricom is, is probably holding and going to put into Ethiopia, there's a high possibility that we might not be getting those dividends. So if you're having those 100 shares like me, um, <laughs> your small exposure and you're waiting for something, it might be a point where you might not get that. But let's also just wait and see on how this will roll out. Um, you, you never know. I, I really don't know what's happening. I don't know the extent of what's happening in Ethiopia. I think Ethiopia is, is Africa's China. It's one of those countries where there's very little information that's coming out. There's a lot of misinterpretation of information that's coming out. Remember, Ethiopia has closed a lot of um, various embassies and consulars for various countries, mostly countries within the European Union that were actually talking actively, countries like Norway, they were talking actively regarding the, the issue in Ethiopia and they were told, hey, you know what, if you can't deal with this, then pack and go. Um, it's a very sad bit. Remember Ali, when, when, when Abi took, um, took, took power, he was actually given the Nobel Peace Prize. Can you imagine? Well, no, we have Nobel without the peace. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, um, we've, we've also seen um, Kenjin is also uh, still deciding whether it wants to, or rather whether it's going to withdraw um, the Kenyan the Kenyan workers working on the geothermal wars in, in Ethiopia, around yeah. 200 of them. Yeah. You think if this escalates, no, first of all, before we even touch Ethiopia, what are some of the things that you might be uh, looking out for when it comes to Safaricom results that are coming up on, on Wednesday? Definitely, I think we spoke about this um, a few weeks ago, guys, and I think the revenues are definitely going to jump. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're also, because most of this might actually be coming from from various sectors. You know, we, we spoke about Safaricom's exposure on, on various sectors, first of all. It's increased its footprint within the data space, mm -hmm. the fixed, um, the fixed. How do you call it? The home fiber data space, um, and also we've seen a lot that the company has done. But the main challenge would really be on the mobile money side, um, because remember, a bit, um, a, a part of I think earlier this year, Safaricom did a review of the of the rates for Mpesa, and though that review, Ali, did it really affect the, the upper guys, the, the upper transaction levels? Or it was more of a lower level because but let's see let's see on just how that would affect onto the company but i think it's going to be an interesting results for the company the good thing would really be if safcom would you know um issue another special dividend which just as we've mentioned it's going to be a, highly it's, unlikely. It's, it's going to be it's, it's highly unlikely for the company to bring right. that back in i don't i think oftentimes um when Safaricom when Safaricom releases their results, there's always something there's always something new that they, they pull either on their results or in their in their anniversary. So I'm waiting to see what's that gonna be this year. 
Let's see, guys. I think it will be interesting. Safcom will be turning 21 this year, right? Last year they were 20. With, with the 20 stuff, so yeah. Funny Safari Com is forever 21. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting bit, guys. Um, to give you guys on how the data for the market, I know we've touched on the company's bit for quite some time. And yes, it was a very interesting bit. It, we, ha- we definitely had to start off with the companies. So yes, I know that's one thing that um, we have to look onto it. I wish KQ would be brought back onto the market. KQ recalled stuff last week early. I think that was due to um, various actions. We've seen various countries reopen and it's an interesting opportunity for the airline industry. We've seen um, shares for various airline industries globally. We've seen um, Boeing, we've seen American Airlines, we've seen um, Southwest Airlines, actually, you know, and even companies, other companies like um, we've seen Airbus and also we've seen yeah, I think technically Airbus, we've seen that. And so it's been an interesting opportunity for airline industries. Mm-hmm. This is this would have been a very interesting opportunity to have Safaricom jump. Sorry, Kenya Airways to jump back to the skies, you know, literally. And also with the various activities that are happening in Ethiopia. Because um, earlier on last week, I think there was actually an issue, a, a bit of an alert on what would, on how safe the Ethiopian airspace is. Considering that um, there's a lot of traffic that happens above the Ethiopian airspace and that was a concern so right now would have been an and I think it would be the best opportunity for KQ to pick back its glory not only in terms of airlines or in terms of how many crew they have on board but also bringing the company back to the stock market so that we can trade on it there's been a little bit of um I think we've had a lot of activity as well from the um, the government and also the 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 lawmakers regarding Kenya Airways, but it looks it, it looks like this is going to take way longer than we anticipated because the initial transaction for KQ should have taken no more than three months. It's it's close to one year. Um, actually, I think it's, it's way above one year right now since KQ was suspended um, from trading on the Nairobi Securities Exchange and we'll just be looking onto that. I think another stock that really um, came up to me last week, Ali, the one thing that we know that I know we, we're technically looking at is, for me, is Uchumi. What are you looking Guys, um, so Uchumi has not released the financial results for the past four years. I really don't know what's up with the... I, I think this is now an issue with, with, with Kenya's Capital Markets Authority, to be honest, because I think that... Some of these companies, whenever we, we whenever we see companies having such issues, and yet you'd let investors continue to trade on them, and not take any action on this on these companies, it, it's a huge concern. Uchumi is yet to release the financials for the past four years, guys. Can you imagine if you're investing in a company that is yet to trade, that is yet to, you don't even know the financial position of the company, not for one, not for two, but for three good years. So that's pretty much of a concern. For guys, um, I think like Uchumi, okay, now the weird thing is that Uchumi is Uchumi has really taken up in terms of a volatility stock because Uchumi is now up in today's trading session. With that news coming in on Friday, Uchumi is up about 4%. More in terms of volatility, Uchumi has 65,000 shares traded with a turnover of 14,484. We'll be looking on to Uchumi. We're definitely hoping that um, Capital Markets Authority would actually issue a statement regarding the performance um, of Uchumi and probably take action on the directors of the company because I think it's not only onto the company but the directors as well. They they have the management to report to them and they need to actually ask onto this. Um, we can't continue having companies that don't follow. Last a few a few times ago, a few years ago, we had um, East African Cables and at least they tried to make a few things right. I remember. East African Cables was releasing the half-year results with the full-year results at the same time. So pretty much the, the half-year results for the current year and the full year for the previous year, you know, um, at the same time. But they've really, really done on a few things onto that. That was mainly due to the company's um, transactions on, on by Transcentury. Mm-hmm. But now we'll, we'll technically be looking onto a company. Remember earlier on in the year, um, the Ugandan Securities Exchange actually suspended Uchumi supermarkets from trading because they did not meet certain listing requirements on the UAE. So, can you imagine Uganda taking actions before Kenya? 
on Uchumi, a Kenyan company. Come on, guys. We can be doing this with Uchumi. And I know that's one thing we'll definitely be following up. And once we get comments from CMA, we'll be sharing that with you guys. Um, back to how the overall market performed. Um, last week was an interesting bit um, for the week, I think. It was a sad one for the local space, a good one for the global space. For the local markets, the the benchmark indices were down. Just as we mentioned, this is because Safaricom was... Safaricom, which technically has um, the highest weight, the highest market cap on the market. About 60% of the NSC's market cap is actually Safaricom. So that technically means whenever it's on a, whenever it's on a decline, then the entire market would most likely face... Um, would most likely face um, a decline. So the all share index was down seven point, um, about seven points uh, last week. That's an equivalent of about 3.9% to close the week at 170.94 basis points. The 20 share index was down as well, 0.64%. That's an equivalent of 12.46 basis points. And that was the 20 share index closed the week at 1948. 0.87 basis points. It's it's a very sad note that we had already touched. Um, there's always a psychological level on the 20 share index, which is at a, which is at about 20,000, uh, 2,000 basis points, and now we're seeing this come back lower from levels where the stock was at the the index was trading at earlier on. The 25 share index was down as well, 2.44 percent. That's about 93.87 basis points that it shed last week. To close the week at 3,851.67 basis points. The market cap for the NSE, because of the decline in various stocks, um, on in various prices for the companies, uh, the market cap was down 3.94% to 2.67 trillion. That is from 2.77 trillion that the company was actually, that the entire market was captured at the end of. Um, week 43 yeah because last week was week 44 can you imagine we actually have eight weeks is it eight weeks no six weeks yeah, to eight the, weeks to end of year yeah, to the end of the eight weeks uh 52 52 minus 43 44 wait for jesus christ yeah we are we actually we've actually started week 45 so Essentially, the, the last week, uh, the, the Kenyan market was all red, except for maybe um, an, an uptick in the in the turnovers. Sorry, in the yeah. volume. Yeah, in the volume literally, traded. Literally, literally, the the market direction on Monday, the market was that was in the red. On Tuesday, red. Wednesday, it's only on Thursday and Friday that the market really posted a little bit of you know increased activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is backed by an a rise in foreign um, foreign. Not foreign equity flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the foreign activity that came in on that day. So yeah, that's one thing that I know we'll be looking at as well. We'll be watching that and just giving you guys a bit of the interest on how these things were, you know. It would be interesting though to um have onto this. And just one of the things that we always look at, guys, is um the kind of activity that was happening, which stocks were the top movers and the top losers. Um for last week's Ali, um I think Kabasid was the top gainer last week, right? Um yes, uh Kabas Kabasid was the was the top gainer. I think it was up 13.48 percent, uh closing at the week at uh 13.05 shillings from 11 shillings 50 cents. And then uh, we had Kenya Kenya Power. Um Kenya Kenya Power came in second. It was um 11.05 percent, closing the week at one shilling ninety-one cents up from one shilling seventy-two cents. Then we of course we had um East African East African cables, which um, which was up ten point one six percent, closing the week at one shilling forty one cents uh, from um, one shilling twenty eight cents, and then in Igards and uh, Sanlam were also up at eight point three three percent and seven point eight three percent respectively. Interesting, guys. Um, Kabasi issued a special dividend just in case you missed that out. Uh, that might that was definitely. One of the main reasons why the stock was up um, during the week. Kenya Power came in and gave gave actually the week earlier on Friday. So Kenya Power gave um, impressive performance. KPLC was back onto the positive side, 
And on Monday when we, we were talking about KPLC, we actually we were optimistic that the share price would rally. Um, KPLC was up. Um, generally, guys, to give you guys the real figures, KPLC had jumped as high as 30%, but then um, correction happened, I think, almost immediately. And KPLC closed the week at 11% higher. So that's about 11.05%. We'll still be, we'll still continue watching or monitoring on just how KPLC would, be, would perform um, during the entire trading session as we also wait for the full year results that is next year. So yes, over the next few months, we'll technically be watching on KPLC and just give you guys on how the stock has been um, performing. To give you guys more numbers on, on Kenya Power, um, it's a very interesting bit. We've jumped from NBV when we used to watch NBV <laughs> and now we're here watching um, Kenya, Kenya Power. Power. So yes, um, Kenya Power has been, last week, um, KPLC closed with a share price of one shilling and 71 cents. Um, and so, bit interesting, KPLC has gained 11.7% um, uh, in terms of price valuation. KPLC currently ranks at 14th in the NSC in terms of year-to-date performance. And so pretty much interesting. KPLC has jumped from being about the, um, I think about the, as at, uh, about two weeks ago, KPLC was, I think, trading at about number 26 in terms of year-to-date performance on the NSE. And now we're here, it's back, it's up at 14. Um, in For one week, KPLC has um, given shareholders a return of about 11.1%. Four weeks, KPLC is up 7.3%. Three months, if you had KPLC in your portfolio three months ago, it's up about 38.4%. Um, and if you had KPLC at the beginning of the day, it should be up on your portfolio 11.7%. So yes, that's one thing, Ali, that also reminds me that investors should never really think about opportunities as, you know, as, as time-bound. If you're, if you're holding your stock for a very long time, then you're likely to make returns. Guys who bought into this stock one year ago, um, your portfolio is still the lowest in terms of KPLC's performance if you're looking at it over the past one year. Because guys who had this stock exactly one year ago, the portfolio is only up by 7%. But guys who had this stock um, three months ago, 38%. Pretty much interesting for KPLC shareholders. But I know that's one thing um, we'll technically be watching at and we'll keep you guys updated. Um, Kenjan, which is, I wouldn't call it KPLC sister company because they don't operate within the same environment. But Kenjan, which is KPLC's supplier, is currently 37th on the NSC in terms of year-to-day performance. So... KPLC, if you're looking into the chart, KPLC is performing, is giving better returns than Kenjen. So unlike what people think, um, Kenjen's one-week results is 0.21. That's on the on the red. So that's a loss of 0.21%. The four-week is 2.5%. The three-month performance for Kenjen is, however, on the green, um, up at about 12.8%. The six-month is at about 14.4% on the green. If you had KPLC, if you had Kenjen, at the beginning of the year, then your portfolio is down 0.64%. So literally, we're seeing Kenjin really having a bit of, you know, I'd call it more of a flat activity. Um, still not not really much of a loss and not much of a gain as well, apart from the six-month performance for Kenjin, which is at about 14.4%. Ali, back to you. I think something that uh, something that really caught my attention is on the on the on the loser side. And mm-hmm. um, just to just to give you a tip of the iceberg. Uh, Limuru Tea is one of the companies. Well, is the company that shared the most in the NSE. It was down nine point zero nine percent from uh, three hundred and thirty shillings um, in the beginning of the week to three hundred shillings at the end of the week. BK Group lost eight point six two percent, closing at twenty six shillings fifty cents, uh, down from twenty nine shillings. And that's that's where my question is: What's happening with BK Group? We saw that they posted. They posted quite, very, very quite positive results. Um, I mean, BK Group had what? BK Group had um, had a rise in about thirty three percent year on year um, in for for the company's net income. Yeah, I think for BK Group, one of the things that guys do for the local markets, guys, um, guys would always look at companies from a lot of aspects. You know. BK Group has been on the offensive. I think BK Group is one of the... BK Group is solid, Ali. Right. But if you look at these earnings and compare them to local banks, and it's also because of the size of BK's, um, I'd say, um, 
ge- geographical position, you know. Just in Rwanda, man. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when, when we look at when we look at this from that level, if you look at um like an example is BK Group posted about um about 36.6 million dollars in terms of return. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the net income for the company. And then if if you look at this as well, first thing first is they didn't declare dividend. They did not. Then also they had a crazy jump in provisions. Yeah, 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 exactly. 41%. Yeah, uh, but the good thing for BK, I think BK's um balance sheet has really been on on a positive side because first of all we saw um the total assets were up um about 28.5%. The client balances and deposits were also up about 19.9% year on year. I I really think that we're seeing a lot in terms of BK's position. But it's really more there there are a lot of stuff that would also affect. Remember, BK has also been BK has been one of those companies that have been really really rallying on the NSE. Um BK has been on the offensive and also with engaging a lot in terms of shareholder activation education, but it's also about what investors were expecting. I think a lot of people expected more in terms of returns from the company than what they posted. But that really shouldn't be a reason. BK is solid. Um most likely these are people who are booking out their their returns for the week. So really much of an interesting bit for um BK. Um so guys in case you've bought into BK don't be afraid. Last week's activities were most likely um on the sell side. The volumes were pretty low apart from on yeah, I think the volumes were pretty low cuz most of the days BK didn't trade. The whole of last week um BK actually only had about about 3000 shares trading on the entire market. So still pretty much low because on Monday on Wednesday and Thursday BK didn't trade but on on Tuesday BK had 2200 shares and also on Friday when 800 shares were traded on the market. So I still really think this is much of a low line activity. I'm still nothing to at least for me I don't think that would be something to be alarmed of as an investor or as a shareholder. But you can always book your returns, you know. Um one of the things that you need to understand when you're investing is that unless you sell or unless you exit all this technically can hold up as unrealized gains so an example is if your portfolio is up 100% that is unrealized gain until the until until the point when you sell when you decide to sell that's when you can actually call that as a realized gain but before that happens all this is technically an unrealized gain for you as an investor and for everyone else who's yet to make that trade So it also happens on the downside guys so don't only worry about the unrealized gain and the unrealized um sale it's always about you as an investor short term long term how is this really perf- how is this really happening how is it affecting your portfolio all of it um when you when it's on the loss um it's unrealized loss when it's on the gain it's also an unrealized gain for you as an investor on the exchange so pretty much that's one thing Now um away from that I think away from the local space the local market has really been um I think it's been an interesting way for in for various investors you know to jump in look at the opportunities that they probably want to you know um invest at to give you guys how the market is performing right now as we close on to the local space and then we jump into the global market space we've seen um housing finance is still gain, is still holding spot as the top gainer um uchumi and equity are following with about 4.5 and 4.2% respectively on the loser side guys it's not good for shareholders for Nairobi business ventures because looks like your favorite company has actually jumped from being one of the top performers um on the NSE to actually NBV has now turned at least for the price NBV seems not to be doing good <clears throat> for investors So to give you guys the numbers I know we've we've talked about this we always talk about we've talked about NBV I think for a very long time NBV has come from being um the top position the top performing company on the Nairobi Securities Exchange and right now NBV ranks at 10th on the Nairobi Securities Exchange um in terms of year to date performance um NBV is up a marginal 1.6 um, sorry 16.4% that is from about 1000% that the company was at um if you were looking on to this uh, about 2 months ago um in terms of one year returns for the company nbv as at now is at 666% in terms of 
one year return. So if you hadn't given your portfolio exactly one year ago, um, the six month return, which was at some point one of the highest, um, closing about 300% is now down, um, is now up just 14%. But if you look at NBV over the past few weeks, the three month, the four week and the one week performance for NBV are all down. NBV is currently down. On the three month performance, NBV is down 23%. The four week performance, NBV is down 27.8%. And in case you are a shareholder in the company, please be aware that NBV has actually dropped today about 6.22%. Um, East African Cables, which was one of the gainers in last week's trading session, is down as well 4.26%. Britam um, Holdings, which has has said that they're looking at selling about 42.8%. A stake of the 42.8% holdings in HF Group is down as well, about 4%. And interestingly, Nation Media Group, is not missing on that list nmg is down as well 2.55 percent so that's technically it for the local market space it's been an interesting session guys for the local market space for the global market space there's really been nothing interesting apart from last week where there were a lot of earnings um that really came in um for from 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 major companies early we saw companies like uber did you know uber could post profit did I know that they could? Yes. Um, Did you believe they could? I mean, eventually, I, I liked I liked <laughs> what they were doing. Yeah, I think at the listing, it was very interesting. Uber CEO had mentioned during the listing, when they were listing, um, I think two years ago, and, and he said, we don't even, we, we're not, the outlook is not for profit for the long term, for the short term. It looks like two years later, we're here with, with, with profits. Yeah, but see, Uber, Uber, Uber was more of, uh, I haven't looked at the numbers, first of all. But top of my head, I would, I would like, I would be positive uh, for <coughs> its and delivery numbers. Hold on. To give you guys just how just how this was for Uber. <coughs> sorry, um, Uber's Uber's results were pretty much interesting. First of all, it's a pandemic period, guys. We had, I think, we've really had a bit of a decline because we we've seen a lot of restrictions early that came in through. But we saw uh, gross bookings for Uber were up 57% year on year to about $23.1 billion. And looks like we're seeing a lot in terms of, because Ali, you know, 57% growth year on year in a pandemic period is not something that I think we'd book as, as an easy figure for Uber. Um, Wait, should... Is that, when you say gross bookings, is that, um, is that both for mobility and delivery? or is Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the mobility gross bookings. Right. Yeah, so... The trips during the quarter, guys, in case you're wondering, Uber is doing 18 million trips on average per day. Ali. Anyway, and there's still room for growth for that. They're actually saying this is during a pandemic period. So Uber can do, I think Uber is looking at doing probably about highs of about 100 million trips a day. Things were normal, right? Come on, because 18 million trips a day, guys, I think this is something that's interesting. Um... Trips during the quarter, that is for the quarter, was up about 39% year on year. Mm -hmm. And revenue for the company was up 72% to 4.8 billion. But then there's, there's, something that, uh, there's something that stood out for me, which was uh, the net loss attributed to Uber Technologies was um, 2.4 billion, up from $2 billion. Uh, what, what do you think could have been the story behind that? Um, Uber, Uber literally said that the, the net loss was actually, the net loss actually included um, a pre-tax that was done from revaluations re of Uber's um, equity investment. I think that is from the company that they have in China. What's the company that Uber actually bought in China? I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to recall um, the the name. There's a, there's a Chinese company that Uber had actually um, bought, a, bought some stake in. There's a riding, the ride hailing up that. Was it? Uh, no, I know. I think Didi, Didi yeah. acquired Uber China, isn't it? Yeah. Right. What, so, what else happened globally? Um, what was it? Oh, Airbnb. Talking about China, guys. Uh, a few weeks ago, we saw uh, Microsoft LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft, guys. So Microsoft's LinkedIn actually said that they were exiting China. And looks like Yahoo is also coming and said that they're also exiting China. Actually, Yahoo has 
exited China. So it's not about them exiting, but Yahoo has actually exited China because of a new law that came into um, into force on 1st of November. So from 1st of November, it looks like guys at mainland China, China were not able to access um, Yahoo Mail. So looks like it's only guys in Hong Kong who can actually be able to access Yahoo for now. Did they want and to access Yahoo Mail? Temporary. I don't know if they want. So <laughs> in case you're wondering how the tech in China really operates, guys, it's it's been a bit of a challenging aspect from what we've seen over time, Ali. Mm-hmm. Companies like Facebook actually have um, the Hong Kong server. And what Hong Kong server does is they would redirect your queries. And so they have to go through the server. If you're looking for words that are considered as anti-government or things that can actually lead to what Chinese term as civil disobedience, then those such options would be filtered so they don't come on to you. You see, like an example is you can you can Google like what is the government doing? And with, the, with you mentioning the government, then it would be filtered so that you don't see anything that relates to what the government is doing. So if there's an nothing. unrest, if there's an unrest somewhere, let's say you wanted to Google what's happening, what's happening with the unrest in with schools, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you Google that, and then what it what it what it show you rather is kids laughing. So literally, that's how this has been for for China. It's more of the government is trying to filter as much content as they can and just have a grasp on what the citizens are looking at. Looks scary. What are they? What are they worried about? And even even with that alone, we've had a lot of um, guys even complain about the censor the censorship in China. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier today, no, earlier earlier on, earlier earlier yesterday, I think there there was actually a report that um, China might be covering heavily on the real estate sector for China because there's a, there's very little information. The, the information that is coming out, it's only what the government would technically want us to, to you know, the government of China would want the outside world to hear. But guys are actually saying China, the, the Chinese government is actually covering a lot in terms of um, what is happening in the real estate sector. Remember earlier on, um, Chinese Evergrande had missed the interest payments. They did that. Um, they actually said they did that, um, China Evergrande, and investors have actually said there are a lot of investors from um, from various off the, the offshore investors in China have claimed that they don't they haven't received their their payments. Some have said they they haven't. Some have said they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not only Evergrande that has been on the on the issue, guys. In case you're wondering, last week. Um, Another Chinese company, the third largest um, Chinese property developer, that's um, Kaiser Holdings, actually said that they would not be able to, you know, um, make the payments um, the, to, to, the, to the offshore bondholders. So looks like this is going to be um, a roller coaster for the Chinese real estate. And the main reason why this is a concern, in case you're also wondering, guys, is we're looking at China and then we're also comparing this to what has happened historically with the related sector. Um, looking at this from the subprime mortgage crisis in 2008 and just how this could be. Because remember that the Chinese related sector is worth about $5 trillion. That's close to what? Japan's yeah, Japan's GDP is actually China's related sector. So uh, You guys can imagine what that would, would be. Remember, if you if you compare this to what, um, to, what to, to the exposure that other companies like um, Lehman Brothers actually had on the related sector before the collapse um, of the subprime mortgage in 2008. This is like a pin drop, Ali, from levels of about levels of about 300 billion to levels of 5 trillion. That's huge. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's huge and it's concrete heavy. So just in case the guys... <laughs> Pretty much interesting, guys. Um, I think that would really be it for the week on how the major indices globally performed. The Dow Jones was up about 1.4%. The S&P 500 index was up as well 2%. And the Nasdaq 100... The, Jesus, the Nasdaq Composite Index, not the 100. Nasdaq 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was was up as well 3.1% for the week. What, what, what I'm technically watching this week would be PayPal. There's been a lot of news regarding PayPal and just it would be interesting just to see what, what the company has to say. There's been um, various acquisitions that they that they've been apparently been talked about, including the one for Pinterest, which they denied that they're not interested in pictures. So 
it would be interesting just to see onto how this would work for the payment service provider. Paypal is releasing their results today, yes? Yeah. And um, that's um, that's after close. So it's AMC. Mm -hmm. Guys, AMC. For all the guys who invested during the Robinhood craze for, for AMC, it, it would be an interesting bit as well. Uh, and I'm seeing um, earlier today, Sterling Capital has issued various investment recommendations. We're seeing um, Sterling Capital giving, uh, so just back again on the local space, we're done with the, with the global markets, guys, giving you guys just a, um, some piece of information that has come into my desk right now um, is Sterling Capital has issued um, a whole recommendation for Safaricom, Equity and Cooperative Bank and a buy recommendation for KCB, ABSA and Standard Chartered Bank. I'd love to know your thoughts. I'd love to know what you think about this. So we're definitely going to start a conversation on Hisa up early, right? Mm -hmm. Just to see on to what, um, on what guys think if this is um, if this is something to look into. Remember, earlier, um, earlier last week, no, two weeks ago, um, AIB Access Investment Bank actually issued a sell recommendation on, on Safaricom. So that's one thing we'll definitely be looking at. So that's it, guys. Um, any last words, Ali, for guests in this? Um, stay, stay tuned for stay. Make sure first of all, make sure you you've read and subscribed to to our newsletter if you want to get uh, more insight to what's happening with um, what, what's happening with Yahoo, what happened with Airbnb last oh, week. Oh, and also the squid the, the squid game coin. I and, know we, and the squid. We game talked game about game. that last week, right? We did so. First of all, listen to We Are Curious if you if you want to get an intro and then definitely dive into our ESA newsletter on Substack um, to, to understand that. And uh, definitely, I know something that is likely to be covered in this week. Um, this week's newsletter is um, Coinbase results, which are coming out tomorrow, especially yeah. now that Coinbase is going to the NFT space. Yeah. I, I don't know. The rest, is, the rest is wait and see. But companies that I'm watching out for globally... This week is Coinbase, of course, um, Beyond Meat, um, Wix, and then Astra, AstraZeneca. I'm personally watching on the local space. I'm looking at Safaricom. Safaricom results are coming through on Wednesday. We'll definitely be keeping you guys posted onto that and anything that's any other information that comes through. The market is always dynamic. Nothing is cast on stone. There's a lot that can happen within a week. So that's it for us here, guys. Um, in case you're wondering, you can if, if you joined in late, you can get um, this podcast later on uh, in about within the next few hours. It will be up on the Hisa app. So in case you're yet to join the Hisa crew, please download Hisa app. Um, it's interesting. You'll be able to watch and also get a lot in terms of data for you. Just as you, you know, view onto the market. Nothing much for me. And I believe that's it for us. Thank you guys for joining in. It was an awesome session having you guys on board. See you guys again next week on Monday as we discuss more on Markets Monday. Bye-bye. Goodbye.